But in this universe, Janet Van Dyne contracted a quantum virus that corrupted her brain. A quantum virus. You're years. just putting the word quantum in front of everything. <laughs> a quantum zone. Oh my god. That's, wow, that's not a good boy. hickey. That's not a fun hickey. Not at all. I think someone gave her it. Van Dyne. <laughs> Oh, I knew it. That's worst case scenario. That's worst. Yeah. Oh, no. It's not good. And he's got anything to use the stones. Well, that's good. Well, Wait. everyone's Wait, it's true. over? Just when the episode's starting to get interesting. Wow. Oh, come on. I want to know what Thanos would have done. We better yeah. get a part two. Damn. Welcome back to New Rockstars. Marvel Studios' What If Episode 5 asks, What if zombies? <laughs> With Spider-Man, Wasp, and Bruce Banner leading an all-star team of sidekicks, leaving us wondering where this quantum virus came from and if it could have been engineered for Thanos to inevitably get infected with it. <gasps> what the what if? The if? <laughs> this is Inside Marvel. It's our after show for Marvel's What If on Disney+. Plus. I'm Eric Voss. My Easter egg breakdown is coming to the channel tomorrow, but right now I'm reacting to this, uh, the whole Ift Up episode with MT. <laughs> Dude, what is going on? Dude, this episode was kind of crazy. Like, it was so cool seeing Marvel zombies done in the MCU. I never thought that would ever happen. And this uh, lineup of specific characters, like, I love seeing the conversation between Wasp and Peter Parker and mm. uh, and Happy Hogan and Sharon Carter. It's just, like, an interesting alignment that I didn't know that I needed, but right? it's such a fun chemistry between these characters. Right? Oh my god. That's what's great about the animated medium is because you can have all these weird scenarios like this. So based on a Walking Dead creator Robert Kirkman's 2005 Marvel Zombies comics, but really only loosely despite producers of the show saying this episode would stick closest to its comic inspiration. <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, but this episode goes down during the Infinity War events when Bruce right. Banner returns to Earth to learn a virus carried by Janet Van Dyne from the Quantum Realm wipes out the population including most of the Avengers, but Bruce joins Peter Parker and Hope Van Dyne, Happy Hogan, Bucky Barnes, Okoye, Sharon Carter, and Kurt from uh, the ex-con organization of Scott Lang, <laughs> uh, David Dasmalchian's character. As, uh, Polka Dot Man, uh, <laughs> as he's known in DC World, as this group hops a train to Jersey to a signal that they think is coming from T'Challa at Camp Lehigh. Uh, and along the way, a bunch of them die. But at this base, they find Vision and Futurama head Scott Lang. And Vision <laughs> has lured them there we learn to feed his love, Zombie Wanda. Um, but Vision has found a way to stave off these zombies to kind of keep them at a distance by using a reverse frequency from the Mind Stone because this is a virus that affects brain chemistry. Uh, and Vision gives them his Mind Stone out of remorse so that they can use it as a cure, they hope, to reverse the brain signal causing the virus. Uh, and Banner ends up staying behind, hulking out to fight Wanda. Uh, and, you know, but this episode cuts away from what should have been an amazing fight to show a conversation in the jet. Sure, cool, whatever. Uh, and then uh, Peter and Scott and T'Challa fly to Wakanda, but like many great zombie stories, it's not a happy ending. It's zombie Thanos waiting for him with all the stones in his gauntlet except the Mind Stone. Oh, God. Ah, night, not night. <laughs> oh, my God. I really want this follow-up episode so badly. 
Like, I so badly. <laughs> yeah, there's so much more story to tell here. And we got to talk more about this quantum virus, how it's Ooh. different from the Marvel Zombies comics, and how it's really, really important that Thanos now has it. Um, but before we get to that, our merch partners at Epic Hero Shop have a brand new latest obsession design inspired by Shang-Chi. We call it Great Protector. Along with this what-if design, both of these are limited edition. They're not going to last forever. So you got to head over to New Rockstars Merch. Dot com to grab both now, especially that Shang-Chi shirt. Uh, yeah. I, I, I can't wait to get mine in the mail. It's right. a great way oh, to celebrate this amazing fly. movie. <laughs> so jump on that. And the nice thing about it is when you buy one of our latest Obsession shirts, you get the chance to leave a custom shout-out that will run on along the bottom of the screen during our Inside Marvel episode. Some of this week's shout-outs include Michael saying, Hey, Voss, do you think Nightmare could be involved with the events in Spider-Man No Way Home? Uh, like Mephisto, Nightmare could be and might be and is involved in everything bad in your life. So, yes. Hey, it's I think characters will say the word nightmare in the movie. Yeah. Will it be capitalized in? We'll pretend it is until a version of this comes out with closed captioning. Uh, but uh, short answer, I think this movie is pretty stuffed. I think if there is some kind of cosmic entity, I think it'll be uh, maybe one that shows up in the post credit scene. Uh, Dean asks, what if Bruce Banner turned back into human after the blood transfusion for She-Hulk? Oh, Ooh. referencing uh, some events, spoiler warning for Shang-Chi in the Shang-Chi post-credits scene. <laughs> but, uh, but that's an interesting take. I feel like we will get that answer of why he's no longer in Hulk form in She-Hulk. Oh, yeah, so the sure. blood transfusion is an interesting way to go. I don't know if that would be enough. Like a needle wouldn't be able to puncture Banner's skin. Uh, as he's Hulk. So I don't know how they'd get that transfusion from him uh, when he's in Hulk form. Yeah, that'd be really interesting to see if they were to do that while he was in Hulk form. But yeah, it would probably be in a Bruce form after, you know, whatever. I I'm assuming that whatever happened, like the, the events of Infinity War when he snapped, after that, like him and Hulk could not be together, like in the Professor Hulk form's form. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then Corey asks, Kaylee, will you go see Shang-Chi with me? Oh, From Corey. Kaylee, yeah, Kaylee, go see, go Shang see with Shang Chi with Corey. It's a good movie. Uh, Corey's Corey a nice guy, went, I think. Yeah, uh, or whatever. <laughs> go watch this movie together. It's fantastic. Uh, and if you haven't seen it yet, ignore what I said in the last question. <laughs> Maybe I could have reordered these. Anyway, uh, MT, what's our first question? Well, our first question of the day is, what if the quantum virus was engineered for a reason? Ah, uh, yes, MT, with the true question this episode of What <laughs> If never really got around to asking, where did this virus come from? And uh, mm. as is the case in many zombie apocalypse stories, was the virus engineered? Was there a purpose? Was it weaponized for some reason? It's a government military lab or testing on chimps like in 28 Days Later. Where did it come from? What was a quantum realm monkey? They're making militarized zombies. That's what they're doing for yes. the army. <laughs> well, this episode confirms no exact origin of the zombie virus. It says only... Janet Van Dyne contracted a quantum virus that corrupted her brain. And then later, Vision says Mindstone emits a frequency that repels the zombies. And Banner asks, uh, could that mean the infection is some kind of encephalopathy? Uh, and that word just means any damage or disease that affects the brain. Clearly, someone on the writing staff just looked up what that word is and didn't want to get too specific about it. Uh, but that just, for Banner, in terms of characterization, 
maybe a bit of a redundant question for a scientist like him to ask because even in a world where you might not know what zombies are, he could clearly deduce that this infection affects the central nervous system and the brain. It's kind of like you wanted to sound smart. Is this some type of encephalopathy? The word I learned on my word of the day from Merriam-Webster today? I like yeah. you and I are ragging on it, but we are struggling to get I through I can't even words. say it. Encephalophagus. It's my yep, favorite exactly. animal. Uh, but what I liked about this MT is it does bring up an important point in zombie fiction that I think not enough people talk about. Uh, characters that seem dumb or kind of uninformed or naive in zombie stories really need to be forgiven because they live in a fictional world often with no zombie fiction to learn from. You yeah. and I, my friend, grew up watching, you know, 28 Days Later and The Walking Dead and the George A. Romero movies. Not me. My heart is soft and I'm weak. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't have an excuse. You've had all this research. You can, watch. You can read World War Z. Don't watch it. Read it. And yes. uh, you could learn everything you need to know. But that was would explain why characters are, are slow on the uptick like on the walking dead when you see like rick in the hospital like what's going on <laughs> he didn't have his own walking dead to watch or read to learn that this is something that could happen but i will say i wish that could be said for the mcu but uh in wandavision um they are totally screening george romero's night of the living dead in mm. uh, the town square on the Halloween episode, they do reference plenty of other pop culture that you could connect to zombie folklore. Peter even asks, does anyone here watch horror movies? Uh, <laughs> Scott Lang references Wingardium Leviosa and in the Harry Potter books and movies, there are the uh, the corpses, the Inferiai, whatever, from the cave in uh, Half-Blood Prince. So they should know what zombies are in this world. <laughs> Fine. Anyway, visions revealed that the Mind Stone frequency repels the virus might tell us that part of the Mind Stone's cosmic wisdom, because remember, this stone in particular can kind of talk to people, like it spoke yes. to vision in yes. Infinity War. Uh, it has a divine intelligence to it. Mm -hmm. And I believe that it wanted these surviving Avengers to transport it like mules to the desired destination that it wanted in Thanos' gauntlet. I think the goal was for it to get to Thanos. So just to catch you up on what happens in the comics, in uh, Kirkman's Marvel Zombies, the virus is called the hunger, and it leaves the infected with their mental capacity still intact. Like, they can still talk to people. They, they, they like, trick people. They're almost like mm. vampires, uh, you know, okay. in that sense. But they just are cannibalistic they they need to eat and consume each other um but the virus in the comics one the coolest thing about the comics is that it like crosses realities we actually start like in the ultimates comics and then we meet reed richards from another dimension and then he is actually secretly infected with it and then we later <laughs> zoom out to realize that you know uh all these different realities are being infected and it was actually from originally the uh, the watcher of a specific other universe called Earth Z, who sent a zombified century from his reality to Earth twenty one forty nine, and then the plague spread from there. What a jerk! Yeah, <laughs> uh, we're lucky to have the watcher we have. Let's just say that. Yes, uh, we're lucky nice we boy. have one who just doesn't intervene. But. <laughs> It's not stated in the episode, but the fact that Janet got the virus mysteriously from the quantum realm suggests that this version of the zombie virus also could have come from multiversal origins. Mm -hmm. And I think it was given to Janet specifically so that it would end up affecting Thanos and preventing him from snapping half of all life. Let me try to explain this theory. Okay. Um, so what would a zombie Thanos do when he has all six stones? Would he snap away half of all life? 
Well, the quantum virus leaves one with the physical capacity to use their tech, like Iron Man tech, Pym tech, Falcon tech. Uh, we see those characters using those versions of their tech, so he mm -hmm. could use the Infinity Gauntlet however he wanted. We also know that characters still have their magic, so like the Sorcerer's Wong and Strange, Wanda Maximoff still has her magic, Ebony Maw can still use magic right. even after he's zombified, but it erodes their core character identity. They no longer have their wants, their needs, their goals, their ambitions. So zombie Thanos theoretically probably wouldn't snap away half of all life with a complete gauntlet. He would probably use it to be like a zombie god or potentially turn all life into zombies. But realistically, if you are a zombie, what do you need more than anything else? Non-infected flesh to feast on. So you could argue that Thanos would spawn a consistent flow of just normal life. The opposite of what he was trying to do in Infinity War. Is he just spawning babies? <laughs> like, it's just like, hey, he's well, a baby to eat or something. I would like. say adults. There's more There's <laughs> more meat on that bone. Uh, but I just think that it's interesting that as of Infinity War, the Quantum Realm was really the non-magical Marvel hero's one physical gateway to alternate dimensions in the sacred timeline. Like, you could access the multiverse from there just by shrinking subatomically. Right, you don't really right. need magic to get into it. So anyone from outside the sacred timeline or from another dimension would view the quantum realm as kind of this like this buffer uh, transfer way station, right? And right. or they could see it as kind of like the source of the spring water, the aquifer. That if you uh, poison that water, uh, the stream will flow into our sacred timeline. Anything you put in there seeps up to the surface. So I believe that the quantum virus was engineered as an experiment in order to find its way to Thanos right before his stone quest in order to stop him from killing half of all life and instead use his divinity to create more life. Oh. It's just in a weird roundabout way of being a zombie, you're going to want more food. And his makes food a lot is of sense. life forms. And I think that the creator of that virus could have been, I'm looking at two culprits here. My first thought went to Kang, right? As someone who has, uh, Chronopolis is right there, we think, in the quantum realm uh, yeah. at like these nexus points of these different uh, time vortexes that could lead to different branch timelines. Uh, mm -hmm. Seems like a place where Kang might tuck his kingdom and conduct various experiments, maybe to see if he could biologically bypass an absolute point of Thanos snapping the six Ooh. stones. Um, okay. But I also feel like it could be the ultimate biological engineers of the universe, the Celestials. They're the ones who create life. They're the ones who Ooh. want to see how things play out and conduct these experiments. So maybe they try to create a, a life influx-induced energy surge to trigger a premature emergence. Because we know Ooh. after the snap, or after the blip, when life returned to Earth, according right. to the Eternals trailer, that is what is triggering the emergence for them. Mm -hmm. So maybe in this reality, they're trying to do that earlier. So if okay. the Mind Stone played any cosmically active role in making sure that the Avengers got it to where it needed to go, I think these these uh, Infinity Stones originally were held by different Celestials, the way Isan the Searcher had the Power Stone, right? So mm -hmm. I'm wondering if the Celestials who I theorized before might have given Thanos the Mind Stone to begin with back right. in the early days before his invasion of Earth, mm. uh, I think the Celestials could have really played a role in this virus. What do you think, MT? Am I, am I reaching too much here? No, I don't think you're reaching at all with the Celestials because like, their whole deal was you know, working on things on a microscopic level, on a genetic level, to you know, alter humanity. So this could very well be 
a, the workings of the Celestials, or maybe even, you know, the, the aspirants, like, that we have, we haven't seen the aspirants yet in the MCU, but, like, they're the, they're the evil Celestials, so, like, maybe the aspirants would want to infect the reality or something, and, or, you know, whatever, but, like, yeah, no, I think the idea that the Celestials, you know, uh, infecting Janet on a, you know, on a subatomic level makes a lot of sense because like they probably want, would want to run like a zombie experiment on earth to see what happens. Or like, like you said, to, to push the mind stone more towards Thanos to, to fulfill the, this cosmic need. But like, I like the idea, um, like when, when you're talking about Thanos, I was thinking, what if, you know, the, the life that you say that Thanos comes in and it feeds these zombies. What if they're like the people that were snapped from other universes? Because, like, they, they just, like, transferred over to this universe. Like, all right, let's feed the zombies now. Like, everybody that got snapped and, like, from a universe that doesn't, you know, have a blip that returns people back. It's like, yeah, just eat these people from the other universe that Thanos snapped. And, uh, I don't know, I feel like it would be really fun. That's an interesting idea. Well, I was going to ask, uh, the six Infinity Stones, can they affect uh, things in another universe? For, for whatever reason, I feel like they're limited to one's own universe. That That is surprisingly one pretty big limit. That was kind of the implication of Loki, right? By showing them right. in the drawer. That once you leave your universe, the Infinity Stones don't have the effect, the jurisdiction. See, that that's actually kind of interesting because, like... I don't know if, because like, we don't really know where the TVA is. So, like, that could be outside of mm. every and all universes. So, like, that's mm -hmm. why the stones don't work in the TVA. But I think the Infinity Stones, as long as you're in a physical universe that isn't, like, you know, the dark dimension. Like, as long as you're in a universe with light in it, you could probably use the stones. Interesting. So, any universe uh, can have... Yeah, because that was a question a lot of people were asking about the Void, right? Mm. So, like, once B-15 uh, swiped that evidence drawer then mm -hmm. presumably that went to the void giving anyone down there a drawer full of infinity stones to use would they be useful is the void connected to the tva or the citadel is that considered a place without light hmm, i would say that the void I, I, I correct me if i'm wrong but the void was like at the very like end of like the penultimate like thing at the end of time, right? Like the last thing, correct? Yeah, it seemed like the it was right adjacent to the citadel, right? If Eliath, right. if like you pass through Eliath, he that cloud is kind of what separates you. I'm I I've had a lot of different models that I've sketched out <laughs> to try to show where everything is spatially. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm probably you. I need a fourth dimension of of reality to be able to see it, but. <laughs> I, at one point, drew, like, the TVA's a giant ring, uh, mm. and then within that circle is the void, and within that circle, the donut hole is the citadel, but then I realized it should be the opposite, right? The TVA is the donut hole, outside the TVA is another ring of the, the void, mm. and then outside of that ring is, like, the citadel at the end of time. And in the middle of the ring is Dante from Dante's Inferno. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think that that's... I, it's that, wrong, that but that's just how... No, how I feel like that makes a lot of it. sense. I mean, feel like the whole concept of the Void and, like, how they explained it in Loki... I, like, it, Loki season one was great, but, like, I feel like they could have done a better job at explaining because it's just kind of confusing. Well, they they did a... They tried to keep it from a narrow perspective, but at uh, mm. episode six opening intro, as much as I loved it, like... You're showing a god's eye view of everything as we're pulling out from a universe, and then you just like you're in the time stream, the sacred timeline ring, and then you like you drop out of it like Marlin 
in Finding Nemo out of the stream <laughs> with all the tortoises. And then now we see this floating rock. And then oh we don't God. know where we are still. Like, we're in space somewhere. I but wish here's they used the to just tortoise show up. imagery. Yeah. <laughs> and so still good. young, bro. Yeah. <laughs> we're going through time, dude. <laughs> yeah. But here's your opportunity to just show your map of Middle Earth. Like, I want to see where everything right. I love maps. That's what I loved about Game of Thrones. At the beginning of the episode, we started with a big map just showing where everyone is. Which pisses off in the later seasons when characters are jumping across the continent in a matter of hours. Right. But it was cool for a while. Um, anyway, we have gotten way off topic. Coming back to this idea, I think my issue with um, uh, with needing a reason why Janet got the virus, you know, this mm. idea that it's engineered, is um, while this show's thematic uh, take is that things can just happen like accidents can happen. And that leads to all these consequences so far. Mm -hmm. Every episode, it seems like uh, there's been a very deliberate choice that led to this alternate reality. Peggy Carter says, no, I think I'll stay. Um, Hi everybody. I'm Katie Segal. And I'm Kurt Sutter. And welcome to our new podcast called pie people, influences and experiences. Yes. It's sort of the, uh, get to know you at a deeper level, the who, what, when, where, and why you are, rather than what it is you do. Absolutely. We're not going to talk too much about what people do. We just want to know about their families, where they come from, you know, what shapes their parenting, if they have kids, what shapes their marriages, if they're married. We just want to be really nosy. We want to get in there. A deep dive into nature and nurture. And we started it because there are a lot of people that we don't know that we are curious about. Right. And I have no friends, so for me, it's, you know. Try like, to get them out of the house. Listen to it on whatever you listen to <laughs> podcasts on. Yeah, podcast, your, homecasts. Your, 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 your podcasting apparatus. Watch it on the YouTube. He's aging himself. Uh, the the what's it called the ravagers abduct T'Challa instead, uh, which was an accident, but we saw what led to it. You know, right. here's just like Janet Van Dyne stepped on the wrong cactus, and <laughs> and now she has a virus. We don't know what happened. We've seen characters walking around the quantum realm with their masks off and stuff, and they seem to be okay. Like. Where did she wander into that this time? Like, it's like yeah. they kind of avoided it. And I feel like we're back talking about the Falcon Winter Soldier where the characters are talking about a, a virus outbreak and are afraid to talk about the origins of it. <laughs> no, I think it'd be really fun if, to see if, like, uh, I think it's a really fun implication, though, because, like, what if there are creatures within the quantum realm? Because we see in Ant-Man and the Wasp, there are, like, you know, creatures flying around there and being kind of weird. Um, what if there are creatures in the quantum realm that just have that zombie virus in them and that, like, our Janet just dodged a bullet, like, just didn't interact with them? Or or maybe yeah. Janet got remarried in the quantum realm and her husband gave her an STD that was, wasn't very good. <laughs> uh, unfaithful husband. Yeah. <laughs> it did look like some of the animation design of the uh, of the quantum realm this time. It was like more. It had some like ashy looking elements to it, or some uh, mm. some sludge Just looking uh, textures that was not there in Ant Man and the Wasp. So mm. I wonder if that was like deliberate to show like, ooh, no, 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 this is a dirty part. She would do a dirty <laughs> part. She would swim in a Florida retention pond and then got sick for a week. That's quantum realm. I, we grew up doing this every summer. Uh, it just happens. 
But uh, I guess my question, MT, is when you're watching a zombie story, I guess you said you, you didn't really grow up watching these zombie things. Well, like, you do know, you as need, an adult, uh, I watched them. As an adult, you have. Okay. <laughs> do you need the answer of where the virus came from? I, I don't need it, but, like, just as, like, I'm a curious person and a very, like, science lovey person, I think it'd be fun if you're just like, oh, it came from, like, this little animal. Just, like, something yeah. small, but, like, I don't need it. Most of the time, you do get a sense of it, just kind of a vague implication of uh, government testing or military experiments or, or something like that. I right. believe for years in The Walking Dead... You know, we don't really know and we don't really care, but at least Walking Dead, the show has this interesting twist where everyone in the world is already infected with it. It's right. just however they die, they don't need to be bitten. Whenever they die, if they just like, you know, step in a bear trap and bleed out, they're going to turn into a walker, which I yeah. like that twist. Like you, like, you don't necessarily have to say where it came from, but you do need to show how your world is unique and different. Um, right. and like, and how the mechanics of the zombie virus are, are different. And this, I, that was the implication of the walking dead is like, oh, maybe this wasn't government testing. This was at the, at that moment when Rick says at the end of season two, like, it almost feels like, oh, this was like an apocalyptic, like nature basically said humanity's done yeah, and humanity just kind of evolved this weird kind of genetic syndrome where we all have it no matter what, we're all infected. And that, I thought that was a really cool twist. Mm. What if that's what uh, they're, the seeds that they're putting in the, in the MCU? What if everyone's secretly infected? <laughs> and like Janet just like, I don't know, just pushed it further. Because like, we do know that the quantum realm is some link to evolution, like Janet says in Ant-Man 2. Uh -huh. So what if, that, what if there's just like innate, we have a zombie gene, just like we have a X gene. <laughs> Well, I'd want to see the implications of that mutant gene before I see learn anything else. If we see uh, a genetic blueprint of any character in the MCU and they don't start talking about mutants, I'm going to be pissed. Like, Seriously. get to it. It's mutant get time. It. It's mutant time. Uh, well, I think uh, we can agree on this, that this episode would really benefit from a part two. I think there's so much oh, yes. more story, specifically with other characters might still be alive, like Thor and the Guardians of the Galaxy, characters we will talk about after the break. But before we continue, uh, we want to thank Manscaped for sponsoring this episode. Autumn is in the air, and pumpkins are in the patch, and yeah. our friends at Manscaped are here to make sure you don't carve your pants pumpkins when you're grooming. <laughs> Make sure you're keeping things fresh this fall with the leaders in male grooming and their brand new fourth generation performance package. Join the two million men worldwide using Manscaped by going to manscaped.com slash Marvel for 20% off and free shipping. Inside the performance package 4.0, you will find their lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, crop preserver ball deodorant, crop reviver toner, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold your goodies. The fourth generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. It also has a 4,000K LED spotlight, and it is waterproof. Get 20% off plus free shipping by going to manscaped.com slash marvel for 20% off and free shipping. That's 20% off and free shipping by going to manscaped.com slash marvel for 20% off and free shipping. Make your balls a priority this fall. Choose Manscaped. Your balls will thank you. Your pants pumpkins will thank you, too. <laughs> 
<laughs> we also want to thank Helix Sleep for sponsoring this episode. You don't want to sleep on a mattress designed for someone else. It's like making Abomination wear Shang-Chi's shoes. There's no way he's going to get that arch support that he needs. Helix yep. Sleep has a quiz that matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. They have soft, medium, and firm mattresses. Mattress is great for cooling you down if you sleep hot. Even a Helix Plus mattress for plus-size sleepers. I took the quiz and got matched with the Dusk Luxe Helix mattress because I wanted a medium, firm mattress with lumbar support that sleeps cool. I sleep great on my Helix mattress. It's way better than my uh, evil variant twin or my Abomination variant does. The mattress ships right to your door for free. You never need to go to a mattress store ever again. They were awarded the number one best overall mattress pick of 2020 by GQ and Wired Magazine. So just go to helixsleep.com slash inside Marvel in their two minute sleep quiz. They will match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our audience at helixsleep.com slash inside Marvel. That's helixsleep.com slash inside Marvel for up to $200 off and two free pillows. We also want to thank Blue Chew for sponsoring this episode. Guys, there is nothing sexier than confidence. And Blue Chew can help give you the confidence where it counts. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, in between. So you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. You just sign up at bluechew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. But the best part, it's all done online. So no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, no waiting in line at the pharmacy, past the peeps. You gotta look at those peeps <laughs> while people are staring at you, looking at the peeps, drooling, trying to steal them out of the package. Ah, oh, so embarrassing. Bluetooth tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet package. So if you could benefit from some extra confidence when it's time to perform, Bluetooth can help. And we've got a special deal for our audience. Try Bluetooth free when you use our promo code Inside Marvel at checkout. Just pay the $5 in shipping. That's Bluetooth. Com. Promo code inside Marvel to receive your first month for free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring this episode. All right, MT, we might have been burying the lead here, but this episode acknowledged the existence of Uncle Ben in the MCU. Yes. <laughs> so, what if Uncle Ben existed? And I will remind people we did see the BFP initials on uh, Peter Parker's briefcase or suitcase, luggage in Spider Man Far From Home. But right. now we know for sure that did not stand for. Big f-ing Parker, but <laughs> Ben Franklin Parker. That's what all the girls call Peter. Big f-ing Parker in the building. <laughs> so MT, what do you? What did you make of this reference to Uncle Ben? Bro, I was just so happy to actually hear the words Uncle Ben uttered by a Peter Parker within the MCU. I just think it's yeah. just really. Like, obviously, like, Uncle Ben existed. You can't have a Spider-Man without Uncle Ben. It's, it's it's core to his character. But, like, it's just to hear the words Uncle Ben, like, amongst other MCU characters makes me feel like, all right, Spider-Man's actually in the MCU now. I don't know. Obviously, he was. But, like, it's just cool to see, like, that Uncle Ben influence and that Uncle and Peter still thinks about Uncle Ben um, yeah. in this universe. And, like, it sort of indicates to me that we'll probably get an Uncle Ben either seen or, or something more concrete 
in No Way Home. But like, what, what, did you, what do you think about this? What was your reaction? Oh, I'd love to see some kind of reference to Uncle Ben in No Way Home. That'd be great to finally, I know uh, when they rebooted the character in the MCU in Spider-Man Homecoming, right? And I guess mm. in, in Captain America Civil War, they wanted to avoid some of the plot points that we saw in the, the Mark Webb films and of course in the Sam mm. Raimi films. And like, we've already seen Uncle Ben die twice. We don't need to see it again. And this I think they were better off for that. But I think now that we're used to the character, now that in many people's eyes this is Spider-Man, it'd be great to get some kind of reference to what happened there. Uh, and I think that was one of my favorite moments of this episode is just because I was like, why is Peter Parker able to keep such a happy attitude throughout the zombie apocalypse? <laughs> like, the kid seems very sensitive in the movies. He is affected by all kinds of things. He, his empathy is one of the best attributes of his character. So the fact that he can just kind of laugh it off was, it was funny to see his video for sure it did kind of remind me of zombie land you know the rules i know such zombie uh, land vibes yeah i i loved that but then uh it did leave that question of how is he like this but then when they finally explain he's like well this is just something i got from aunt may like if you're smiling if you, if you stop smiling it's like you're, you're gone as well so i loved that i like that a lot um, i did like that too I, but I just like this acknowledgement of Uncle Ben. And I think they can kind of get away with it without it being like too huge a headline because some people just say, oh, it's just this animated series. But I hope, mm. I hope, I hope, I hope that in, in No Way Home, we can get some acknowledgement, even if it's just from Peter talking with alternate Peter Parkers. And they're like, well, what happened to your Uncle Ben? And maybe Peter doesn't want to talk about it. And they're like, I'll talk about it. <laughs> like, oh, we process grief differently. This is weird. I Right, I think yeah, I've uh, I think it'd be super dope to actually have a scene or some type of flashback with Uncle Ben in it. But I don't know. Okay, let me know what you think about this. We cast Steve Carell because I don't know about you, but I feel like Steve Carell Steve would be Carell? a fantastic Uncle Ben. Where where that is that be... casting choice coming from? I love Steve Carell, by the way. It, I just what do you think? I just feel like him, from? Marissa Tomei, and Tom Holland would be so well good together in a flashback sequence. Like they just uh -huh. have really good chemistry, and I would be broken. To watch Steve Carell die. Like, I would be so uh, sad to see that happen yeah. because I don't know. That but would like, hurt. I mean, Steve Carell can, like, if, like, gray haired Steve Carell, I yeah. can totally see that. Like, I could see a, that. A totally gray Steve Carell. He does have that thing, though, where, like, Steve Carell's a fantastic actor, has played a number yeah. of dramatic roles, but I think for some people, they will always see the, the eyes of Michael Scott in there. Yeah. So it might be, <laughs> I'd be worried sitting in a theater and people are laughing when he sees Steve Carell go, ah! <laughs> Imagine I'm if, like, sorry. he gets shot and, like, it's just a funny, like, it's just like, completely funny. It's like, oh, oh, geez, you got me. <laughs> I mean, like, one of the theories the was uh, what Tom Holland wanted was for Tobey Maguire to play Uncle Ben in the MCU. Right. I think fun. that'd be a, a, a nice way to get um, uh, Tobey Maguire in there. Uh, I'd rather just see Tobey play Peter, an alternate Peter, personally. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I don't. I, I hope that they don't do his death the same way that we've seen before, like a gunshot Ooh. wound bleeding out on a sidewalk. I, I'd rather it be just something slightly different, you know, uh, like, or even like it's if it is something off screen. I don't know if we need the actor for it, uh, but it does seem to be something that the Sony Marvel movies have kind of waited to show. Mm. What if, like, what if, if Uncle Ben dies during the Chitauri invasion? That'd be kind of crazy. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, that is interesting. That uh, would make Peter being an Avenger mean that much more to him, you know? Right. Because he is avenging something from another world, attacking his family. But speaking of, like, Peter Parker's future, what if Peter Parker is destined to become a sorcerer? Because there was this little oh. moment where he was wearing the cloak of levitation, 
and he's just like, ah, it doesn't really fit right. And then Hope Van Dyne says, says you're going to grow into it. It was just like this interesting, like, what does that mean? He's going to grow. He already is like an Avenger. He already has superpowers and a super suit. So what do you think that, to me, I'm my mind started racing for Spider-Man No Way Home. Yeah. I think that it would be super cool for Peter. And I feel like it would make sense in the context of this universe, the zombie universe. Because Peter Parker is a huge nerd. And like, if he knows that you know, magic in the Marvel Universe is essentially science, he would try to learn this magic to see, to try to, you know, fix the problem. Because, like, he's yeah. one of the last heroes left, and the world probably, yeah, doesn't have a Doctor Strange anymore, because Doctor Strange is a zombie. So, like, he's like, hey, it's my responsibility, because, like, I'm one of the few heroes left, to try to be a Sorcerer Supreme, because who else is going to be? But, yeah, I think it's it makes sense for this universe. Like, what do you think? Yeah, for whatever reason, it made me think of uh, Peter's new suit that he's getting in No Way Home where it's got, like, sorcerer powers embedded in oh, it. Like, I think it's the suit. idea that Peter is going to be mixing with magic in the next movie. And mm. uh, he it's, a, it's an ill-fitting combination for him. But I think by the end of the movie, he's going to be a bit, not necessarily a master of mystic arts, but mm. he's going to show some skills with, like, magic thwipping that he doesn't have at the beginning of the movie. Uh, so that's my thinking, is that he's going to teach Doctor Strange a thing or two about the nature of magic that Doctor Strange didn't fully understand. Ooh, I want to see some, like, Peter original, like, thwip spells, like him using, like, the little, like, his little symbol, like his hand symbol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, our last question is, what if Thor could have survived these events? Because if you're replaying Ooh. Infinity War, right? Like, Thanos did catch up with the Guardians of the Galaxy on Nowhere, uh, he grabbed Gamora. Gamora would still probably be dead in this reality because Thanos has the Soul Stone and the Reality right. Stone. Uh, he would have faced some of them on Titan, but I don't know if they would have thought to meet on Titan because that's only when like Doctor Strange and Peter Parker and Iron Man made it to Titan, right? Right. So, uh, so it's not it's not clear exactly how things would have gone differently. But Thor, either way, would have gone to Nidavellir to get his battle axe, right? Right. Um, and I think Thor, Rocket, and Groot might have been able to stay immune uh, from this. Mm. And, okay. uh, I mean, maybe they would have gotten to Wakanda at some point, and he's like, bring me Thanos! No, 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 no! <laughs> and just bifrost away. Uh, but I think <laughs> Thor could have survived this. Uh, and Thor might still be out there. What do you think, MT? Oh, yeah. Like, I I definitely feel like Midgar is still in play. And, like, we still haven't seen Party Thor because, like, Party Thor is some is a character that is rumored for, you know, the future episodes. So, like, Party Thor could be part of this universe and, like, we just haven't seen him yet. And, like, we're going to see him in, in a later episode. That's like, going to be a continuation of the zombies um, universe. But, um, yeah, I think Thor is definitely a factor because, like, you know, gods can't really get bitten by humans. They can't really get affected. And we see that with the Hulk, even though the Hulk's not a god, but, like, he's just super durable. So the fact that the Hulk can't get bitten, I'm sure Thor and all the Asgardians will be fine. And probably will have to deal with whatever's going on on Midgard because that is within Asgardian jurisdiction. Because that's, you know, sort of what Odin does. Because, like, those are all of, like, the, the people of Earth worship Asgardians. And so, like, that's a huge part of, like, you know, Asgardians' existence. And, like, they, they appreciate the Midgard's worship. So, like, they have to address this. So I'm curious yeah. to see how they do. 
That's why I think there's absolutely an opportunity for um, What If Zombies Part 2 and just show mm -hmm. how Thor tries to avenge the people of Earth and, and or does the zombie virus spread to other planets, you know? I think mm -hmm. that is one thing that Zombie Thanos would do. I think he would go planet to planet uh, and feast, you know? But I think uh, that's what I want to see. I want to see this the front of this battle wage on Titan, on Hala, on the Skrull home world, uh, on Xandar, you know, nowhere. I think uh, Contraxia, all these places, I want to see the zombie virus spread to them and Thanos lead oh. that charge as Thor tries to repel it. I think there's a fascinating story there. Oh, yeah. I think that, like, you know, like you alluded to earlier, like, you know, with the with the comic material being a multiversal story, I think we could see these zombies going multiverse and, like... That, too. Yeah, like yeah. huge multiverse. The TVA. The TVA gets overran with zombies. Oh, my God! Let's that, that is a what-if right there. I want to yeah. see zombie Mobius so badly now. You can't introduce that to me and not give it to me, boss. What the hell, man? Yeah. Oh, We my gotta God. see it. Let's see it. I want to see a zombie dancing he who remains. Just be like, out of desk. Like, <laughs> man. And just throws up blood. <laughs> well, we'll leave it there for this episode of Inside Marvel. MT and I are going to be back next Wednesday with our What If Episode 6 reaction. Don't forget to check out all of our great merch options at NewRockStarsMerch.com. Follow me at EA Voss. Follow MT at Mastertainment. Follow New Rockstars. Subscribe to Inside Marvel wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for watching. We'll close with our favorite moment of the episode. Ow!